Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to All of the Business. Before we start, I have to ask a question. Are you superstitious? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Well, this is our 13th episode. Oh, no, I'm not superstitious. Okay. Let's, let's just keep that in mind, though, because uh, anything goes really wrong, we can always blame bad luck. Okay. Unless you want to call this like episode 12A or just go straight to 14 like the elevators do. <laughs> no, we'll stick with 13. Okay, we're tempting fate here. That's cool. That's bold. I like it. So um, today we're going to talk a little bit about managing people. A couple of episodes ago we talked about bosses. Now we're going to talk about being bosses. I just want to say my career really went into the shitter when I got promoted to manager. <laughs> Okay, you need to tell me why. I was very happy being a programmer. And because I was good at programming, they got the bright idea to promote me to manager. That happens a lot, right? You're good at the skill, and then they promote you to manager. But it's a completely different set of skills to be a manager. And I didn't really have them, you know? You have to know how to communicate. You have to know how to plan. You have to know how to deal with conflict, all of that stuff. I was terrible at those things. And... It was really kind of on-the-job training. I didn't go to school for it. They gave me one class, like a one-day-long class on how to manage people, and that was it. So when I started managing people, it was a very rocky start. I, I really feel sorry for the, for the first few people that I managed when I started off. Now, did you take the class before you were a manager or while you were a manager? While I was a manager. While, okay. Because I had that similar class. Uh-huh. And everything they told me not to do, it was too late. I was already doing. <laughs> I don't know what they say in your class. The one class they said is you can't get personal with people. Like talk about their personal lives and stuff like that. But it's, that's almost impossible to avoid. When somebody comes in and says, you know, my uncle died. Sorry, I can't speak to you about that. Right. You need to leave now. But I think we're, we're, we're more restricted now as being a manager because there's all the things you can't say or do. Yeah, I mean, you have to be really, really careful. Um, you do really worry that, you know, anything you say could possibly offend somebody. What's happening now is more and more of this, uh, people are so much educated in what they can get away with and what they can't get away with. Uh-huh. And we were just in a situation where two out of four people that work for me called in sick. One other person was on vacation. I was down to one individual. And the other two individuals were very much aware of what they could do when it came to sick time. And these people took off ex an extended period of sick time and left me with one person and there was nothing I could do. Well, as a manager, on a daily basis, you are thrown into these situations. Like you have your game plan, and if you're a good manager, you're telling your employees what the game plan is. You're telling them what you expect of them. And then out of the blue, something happens. Like you said, somebody goes on sick leave. And then you have to react to that. Uh, you're just thrown all these curveballs that you have to deal with. And it's very, very, I found it very difficult and stressful. So, so the the strategy was to come up with a plan to get revenge <laughs> within legal rights, you know, legal term, you know, like where they couldn't get, say you were targeting that person because she called in sick for 10 days, you know? 
So that's the new strategy now is how can you get revenge without getting fired yourself? <laughs> so you can try to make life very uncomfortable for them, uh, you know, never talking to that individual again. <laughs> you know, stop saying hello when the, you know, no more good morning, how are you, you know. <laughs> so I would use the, the, you know, I would say like, oh, you're here today? I didn't expect you to be here today. Well, you know, I got to say, they really didn't cover that in the class, the revenge. No, of course not. That's why you're okay. <laughs> How about this one? You buy a cookie for everybody, but not for them. Yes. <laughs> or, you, or you give them a cookie, but you take a bite out of it. <laughs> oh, we didn't know you were coming in today, so I already took a bite out of your cookie. <laughs> uh, one way I would do it is, like, tell everybody can wear jeans one day, you know? But you don't tell that person. Or you can go the other way with that. You can only tell that person, tomorrow is dressed like a clown day. <laughs> One of the things that I had to learn was not to micromanage. When I started, I only had a small team. I think I had two or three people. And uh, the first time I was ever a manager, I was really nervous about getting the work done right and getting it done on time. And so I would go over their programs. If I didn't like the way they were written, I would tell them. And you can do that when you only have two or three people. But when I got more people, I had to back off. And I could only set direction. I couldn't micromanage anymore. And you sort of feel like you lose control. Ultimately, here's the problem. You're responsible for their work, but you can't do their work for them. So you have to make sure that they understand what you're expecting from them and that they're doing the work correctly. Well, I, I believe you have to trust your employees. I mean, I, I mean, I have several people working for me, and it's a, it's a, 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 a wide variety of tasks that have to be performed, different services and things. So it's very hard for me to keep in, uh, up to date of what they're doing. To be honest with you, um, but you always have that fear that they're going to sabotage you. You know, uh, especially in a meeting when your boss is asking a question and they're there. And you can't answer the question, and they jump in and like, oh, look, yeah. like you feel like, oh, geez, maybe I should have known that, you know? Are they trying to sabotage you, or are they just trying to help you out because they, you know, they have the answer and you don't? Well, they're probably trying to help us out, but you know how paranoid we are. They called me um, the guy from the office. Remember him? <laughs> uh, yeah, Michael Scott. Michael Scott. That's what they called me. Uh, really? Why? Because I'm clueless. <laughs> I'm, I'm very entertaining, like we are in these podcasts. But I have no idea what anybody does at, at times. <laughs> See, you're worried about getting the job done. I'm worried about entertaining people and make sure they're in good moods so they do their work. Different well, strategy, right? It's a say, that's a different strategy, for sure. Yeah. Make people feel at home. Have a you know they're having a good time at the same time they're they're doing their job. Do so, I really need to know what they do every minute of the day? It's impossible. You can't possibly know all the details of what your employees are doing. Yeah, you have a general idea of what the strategy of our department is. I mean, we have a strategy and a day-to-day -day function. But they could be sitting on the computer looking for the best sales in the, you know, Home Depot, as far as I know. I, I just don't like dealing with people. And unfortunately, when you're a manager, you have to deal with people. That's the crux of your job, right? 
and you got to deal with the people who report to you. You got to deal with other managers. You got to deal with the people who you report to. So a lot of the stuff that we do is direct interaction with other people, like performance reviews. I hated them. You had to sit down. You had to go over what people did well, what they didn't do well. You had to tell them that you know I'm only allowed to give you a certain amount of salary increase this year. I want to give you more, but I can't because we have budget constraints. You know, you're the you're the messenger of the bad news too. We always had the moving uh, rules, so like they would tell us to. to to perform the appraisal, performance appraisal, and then you give a person, and they say, you know, there's only a couple of ones and a couple of twos, you know. Most people are threes. So, all right, how do you, now, now you got to come up with, how do you convince someone they're a three? Nobody thinks they're a three. And a three is defined as doing their job and doing it well, you know, but nothing extraordinary. Then we have self-appraisal. So the whole strategy of doing the appraisal was, to try to counter their their argument or how great they were, and you're like, where did they get this from? <laughs> and it's amazing how people they just have their perception of themselves, and it's very different of what you think of them or actual facts, right? Because you, you've got to keep facts about this stuff. So, so you have to come up with strategies on how to avoid conflict. So you give them the good news and the bad news. Right, you're at three, but I just got you a box of pens. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give you a raise this year, but here's a keychain. Here's a keychain. You know, you're a great performer. I think you're great. Although you're three and there's no raises, but you know what? You can use my office for the day. You're the boss of the day. You can run the department for the day. You know what? That's, that's a really great idea because I don't think people really understand what it's like. See, talk about revenge. I, I'm getting the shivers down my spine. This is brilliant. You make somebody manager for the week, and then they'll see what it's like, right? Yeah, yeah. And they got that fear that they fire you. I guess you have to make certain rules that they can't fire you, right? <laughs> right. But like you got it. Like they say, money is not the number one motivator. Right. So what is bagels on Friday? I mean, what, what else do you motivate people with? You know? Those little things do help. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so we last last summer the, the company decided to have yogurt Fridays. So you brought in yogurt for the whole department, and they loved it. But then, being the ingrates that they are, they always got to take it to the next step. But what about frozen yogurt? <laughs> One guy actually complained that the yogurt had sugar in it. To be healthy, you really should bring in yogurt with no sugar. You should only bring in plain yogurt. I was like, you want plain yogurt? Go buy it yourself. Who the hell wants to eat that stuff? And then we would bring toppings, you know, like, you know, granola. And, and then, of course, they had to all chip in and say, well, how about bringing blueberries next time? <laughs> so it comes to the conclusion that you can't make anybody happy. I mean, I, I do nice things for my employees. All the women employees, I buy them uh, roses for their birthday. So I would buy one person. I bought roses, and and she complained because they died. <laughs> I buy the roses at the same place. They spent the same amount of money. I don't know why they died. And great, now you don't get anything. You know the other thing you touched on it that the manager is supposed to do is to keep their employees motivated, and then it was also on us to make sure that they were getting the proper 
education. You know, the bank offered several learning opportunities. There were courses they could take online or, or maybe go to class and so forth. Now I got to worry about not only them getting the work done, but keeping them motivated, keeping them educated, and keeping them happy. I'm no, like, here's the argument now. I had the same situation. Someone came to me and said, I want to get a certification. And I had to pay a certain amount. I had to approve a certain amount of money and so forth. What do you do when the person fails the course? <laughs> the person failed. Didn't get the certification. Cost me a couple of thousand dollars. My, you know. How do you explain that to your manager? So what happened? Nothing yet. Oh, this was recent? Yeah. So what do you do? <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? I don't know what you are going to do eventually, but I do know one thing. It's your fault. Because <laughs> I said yes. You talk about, you know, what is it that motivates people? Job satisfaction is important. People want to make sure that they're doing something important. They want to be engaged. They want to like what they're doing. But you know what? Here's the real deal. There isn't enough tasks like that to go around. Some guys get interesting stuff to do. Some guys get boring stuff to do because that's what I got. You know, I can't. I'm not freaking Merlin. I can't wave my magic wand and come up with but everything. A, a lot of interesting work to do. But this is where you're falling off as a manager. It's your job to come up with maze and motivating them. Buy them a tie or something. <laughs> you got. You got to do something that they know you're. Acknowledging the fact that they're they're miserable human beings and they have very limited talent and you're working within their limited talent restrictions, so you need to come up with ways. You know, sometimes you do need that robot person that can do that mundane job every day. How do you motivate that person? But that's another thing. How do you deal with stupidity? Do you, you ever have that situation where you just have a bad, stupid person? The answer is yes. Thank God most of the guys and, and women that I hired were very capable, but there were a couple of cases, one in particular, where the guy aced the interview, and then when he hit the floor running, he couldn't do anything. He was a complete and total moron. Yeah. He was supposed to be a project manager, so I gave him, I said, uh, here's the project. I gave him a brief description of what the project goals were, and I said, now go write me a project plan, okay? A week goes by, nothing. Two weeks go by, nothing. Three weeks go by, nothing. Wow. I found out that he was actually learning how to use the Microsoft software because he didn't know how to use it. Oh, That's wow. number one. So then he finally delivers me the project plan, and it basically said, wasn't this simple, but it basically said, start project, do project, end project. There was three lines on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, took, it took him three weeks to come up with that. And I had this one recently that has come. No matter what you said to this person, they knew everything. But she couldn't do a damn thing. Could not get it. We realized this person was just not capable of doing what she said she could do, right? They wouldn't let us fire her. HR said this, you have to document everything. What? You just can't fire the person? No. Even yeah. She was incompetent. Yeah, the burden is on you. The burden is on you to prove that they're not doing their job. The burden was on us to do that. And I hate to use that expression, deer in headlights, because it's insulting to the deer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but this was like a deer in headlights, clueless. And it was very frustrating, you know, because there's nothing you can do. You're like, you're stuck with this person. What do you do? I guess at that point, you just 
keep promoting them so they're out of your department. Well, there's a couple of ways to deal with that. One of them is to, like if you know somebody else has an open slot, really play them up to that person. It's going to be really hard for me to lose this person, but I think they'd be a good fit for your new opening. I got stuck with an individual uh, uh, two years ago. And then when I mentioned to her previous boss how bad she was, he goes, oh, yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> Why didn't you? <laughs> Where were you when we hired this girl? <laughs> Thanks a lot. I thought you were my friend. Uh-uh. Nope. Sorry, Charlie, your problem. One of the things that you also have to deal with, which I really didn't like dealing with, was conflict. One quick example, I had a team of young guys who were essentially they were pretty bright. They were able to quickly pick up new stuff. And then I had an older guy on the team who had been at the bank for quite a while. And he was smart in his way, but he just wasn't quick on the pickup. And unfortunately, there were times when, like in meetings, these guys would be making fun of the guy. And so I had to, I had to work through that. I had to sit those guys down and say, you really can't be making fun of him. you got to apologize to him. He was upset and so forth. And put that under the category of shit I don't want to have to deal with. <laughs> right? But that's what a manager, that's the manager's job. You have to deal with that stuff. And that's why I really, you know, I didn't like being in that role. Well, I, I have that too. Where a lot of people, uh, it's the old, how come they can do this and we can't? How come we have to do it and they don't? So it gets to that, um, everybody watching the other person. And you have to manage that because people don't realize what maybe you're doing something that's totally different than what the other individual does. It has no impact on the other individual. And I try to stress that. Listen, just because that person does this doesn't mean you could do it. So you always have these, I guess we can call them comparers, you know. I'm right and they're wrong. And you notice that no one's ever wrong. You notice that? Oh, no. Yeah, how about managing employees' bad habits that are brought to your attention? Have you ever been given that situation? I'll give me a couple of examples. One person came to me and says, so-and-so, I, I find her perfume vile, and I want to throw up every time she sprays herself. Can you please tell her not to put perfume on in the office? So I said, well, why don't you just go home? What are you bothering me for? What am I supposed to do <laughs> Use, use one of those uh, air fresheners or something in your office or something, right? But I, I had to address it. So I went up to the woman. I said, excuse me, uh, are you putting a lot of perfume on in, your after, in the afternoon? No, I spray the rug because I'm allergic to it. You spray the rug with your perfume? How does that stop an allergy? So thank goodness she did stop. So she's not doing that anymore. And, and the other problem that's happening now, is it's, it's becoming 24-7. Because people like to socialize. And things are said there that come back to your attention as a manager. So-and-so said I looked hot last night. Well, what the heck do you want me to do? Did you look hot? <laughs> well, I'm never going to see him. I'm never going to speak to that person again. I feel uncomfortable around that person. But that's, that's the chance you take when you go out with these people, right? So when do you stop managing? When does it stop becoming your problem? Yeah, that you know, that's a really good point. Do you socialize with your employees? Well, I, I don't now because, uh, well, I don't drink. Most of the socialization involves bars and drinking and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, 
and, and the two reasons why I don't go out is because A, I don't drink. And B, I think because they think you're a manager, they make all this money, they want you to pay for it. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, we've had this discussion before. You know, I, you know, one time I did go to somebody's birthday, and Aaron, Johnny's birthday, come on out. You know, it's the old, hey, happy Friday, Johnny's birthday. And, oh, God, you know. So I go there, and I, I just made that mistake. I said, you know what, do me a favor. I'll pay for a round. Let me know what I owe you. And I left, right? I didn't even stay and have a drink or anything. I got a hit with an $80 bar tab. What the heck? What were you guys drinking? Well, I think the point here is people, they think you're, you're the boss. They think, you know, oh, he's on easy street. All he's got to do is sit there and we're doing all the work. Let me tell you something, okay? I rue the day that I became a boss. I don't like managing people, but I like being the boss because I'd rather be the boss than be boss. There are several advantages of being a boss, right? I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can come in when you want, and they say, how come you're late? Because I'm the boss. <laughs> <You know? laughs> how come I can't take the day after Christmas? Because I'm the boss. <laughs> they always say, why do I have to do this? Because I'm the boss. <laughs> I use it rarely, but when I use it, it's effective. The only time that doesn't work is when you're talking to your boss. <laughs> That's what I say because you're the boss. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy.